overall, the general experience with Fallout was just shocking. I have yet to try additional games. You know, like right now I'm playing Mafia 2. I'm playing Tony Hawk. I'm playing like a bunch of uh, other assorted games. And I have no idea if those games are going to see, if I'm going to see improvements with those games. But I, I can imagine any previous game that's relatively recent that had laborious load screens or any of that shit is going to be better way better because you, you just don't have to wait as long like exactly uh- What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 275 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Ayoshi, joined by some cool dudes. Felix Ergood. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. And Trip Zero. What's up, everybody? Trip Zero. Good to be here, as always. What's up, good looking? The way your voice felt good, I thought you just like, like that was how you ended. You just like changed your mind mid-sentence. Like, what's up, good? Fuck, looking. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't know what I'm it saying. Is way. It is the Felix way. Yeah, I had to think about well, that for two seconds. Yeah. This is the Emergent Gamer Podcast. Every week we get together, talk about video games, and we pick a cool topic to talk about. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, podcast services everywhere, Spotify. He keeps Apple, saying that. He says it every Google. week, but I just have to say it's not everywhere. It's not on Stitcher, and a lot of people use <laughs> everywhere Stitcher. you and can get audio products. And to be honest, better. topics aren't always that cool. But regardless, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to modify what you said, Neo. I'm going to say you're, you can you're get totally us on Apple. Really, App- you're undercutting my awesome. You're going to finish. You're going to finish, I swear. But specifically, get us on Apple Podcasts. If you have an Android, get Spotify and download it. It's free. And then you can listen to us there. Google stuff, right? And and there's plenty of other podcasting apps on Android and on Apple. Like over Overcast is a really good Apple based uh, podcasting. That's what I used. You can get us. You can get us in there. So a lot of people use a lot of different podcasting apps, and we're available due to Google and Spotify. uh, pretty readily, so find us, Emerging Gamer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All those places and YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We Definitely. are so close to that 100 user, that 100 subscribers. So Honestly, please, if you're listening out there, it would make it easier for you if you just followed us because we wouldn't have to say, just find us. We can give you a URL. So just do it, goddammit. Just do it. Just That's a hard sell. You're driving your car right now. Pull over, get on YouTube, subscribe. That's all you got to do. I'll wait. All right, I'm done rating. Let's hop into the first topic tonight. Trip Zero. Guess what came out this week? How excited are you? We're talking about Destiny. That's right. Uh, as we say time and time again, this show was founded on on Destiny. It was. In a lot of ways, it really was. Our first discussion um, was a Destiny discussion. So, so this week, um, we have Beyond Light, which was... Uh, not it was, which is this year's gigantic fall Destiny expansion. Um, Destiny over the years has always dropped uh, primarily a big expansion in the fall that changes a lot of the game and adds a lot to the story. That's what we got this year. Um, it's the first expansion fully that we have where we're in the seasonal model. It's also the first expansion that we have uh, where Bungie is fully, fully Bungie. You know, 
uh, not really Activision dependent. Actually, I'm going to fact check myself there. I wonder when they left. Uh, is this their? This is their first. It seems like they left longer. Activision, right. I don't. I, I just said that out loud, and I realized I don't know if I actually know if that's true. Um, because their last expansion, no Shadowkeep. Shadowkeep was uh, was their very first X uh, X Activision split. So, was was Shadowkeep released during? Like, was it where that was it in development during their time? Uh, eh, it's hard to tell because the announcement that the split came uh, was just in January of 2019. Shadowkeep was September of 2019. So uh, there's probably a lot of work uh, that they did on their own. You know. So you, okay. are if, you trip? Are you officially printing a retraction of your previous statement? I from, am. That's why I distracted from, myself from right ten now. minutes ago. Um, yeah. What we are fully in <laughs> is their is their seasonal model and their cadence as a studio. They found they took that first year to find their cadence, and now they've over the past year done a four season year with slowly iterating on the story, and now we're still in that loop because it worked out generally well enough where they have one overarching story for the season or for the year, I should say. And then over the four seasons of the year, they have little bits of story and unique events and, uh, and things that change the story and help you grow the world. And it evolves and it changes. And it's, it's a way to get people to like, you know, be involved in the game and and have stuff happening all the time instead of like having major jumps between expansions where people get bored and fall off and, and stuff like that. Um, so, so that what are the major changes this time around? Yeah, with we're, yeah, we're going to go into this and I'm going to I'm going to preface by saying that um, th- this is still Destiny. There hasn't been any major major changes to Destiny. So if you know what Destiny is, if you play Destiny, if you love Destiny, if you hate Destiny, nothing is going to really change that with this expansion. I am a fan of Destiny and I think people that are fans have a lot of very cool new things to play around with, but this does not change things in a massive way there are cool things though and we're going to talk about some of them uh primarily uh there are there are three new subclasses for each of the new characters so there's three classes each class has you know the ability to change how you interact with the world and your abilities and your super ability all three of your player classes got one new class and this is important because this class is a darkness based class and the darkness has been your enemy that you're fighting since 2014 since the game launched so at this point in the story you are now using and wielding abilities directly influenced by the darkness Mm. so massive massive shift in tone in the story and in the player motivation reminds me of uh of uh, e hollywood stories charlie murphy from uh (laughs) yeah when he keeps calling them the darkness brothers yeah exactly dude <laughs> Fucking, um, uh rick james yeah one of my, that's what, that's my, what this my is cat, my cat's at home's name is charlie murphy he's an all-black cat we call him the darkness there you oh, go that's, that's, that's what this is you are wielding the darkness powers um and it's so also there are, right? this this ability is it, it, it's directly influenced by the story that you have. It is, that. yeah, because the story of Destiny is that these this giant thing called the Traveler, this giant sphere, appeared in like current day, you know, uh, intersolar system exploration. They found this thing on Mars, terraforming Mars. It uh, it came to Earth and granted a giant golden age, and uh, then the darkness air quotes found the traveler. And this was all before you started playing the game. But long story short is that the reason you have abilities is because the traveler has granted them to you, to certain humans called guardians. And you have this power influenced by what is known as the light. 
Well, now this ancient enemy of the Traveler has actually arrived in the solar system, these big, giant, pyramid-shaped ships. And uh, they've been talking to us ever since last year's Shadowkeep campaign, where we actually went into one of those ships and, and interacted with them directly. But now, yeah. now at this point, the uh, story is that a, uh, a branch of the Fallen have, uh, have started using the powers of the darkness on Europa, which is a moon of Titan, sorry, a moon of Jupiter. And we go there to stop the fallen and in the process of stopping them, learn how to wield this power for ourselves. So now there's a weird duality in the story. You know, what's the influence of darkness against our light? Do we live with both of them? Do we choose one or the other? And the story's already having some interesting uh, plot points and questions they're asking about where this is going narratively. The class itself is super, super, super cool. It's all based around freezing enemies and uh, creating these big like like chunks of ice or like these storms that damage them or slow them down. Um, it's a mess in the PvP centered area of the game in Crucible. People are freezing people mid super and shutting them down immediately. Like I feel like things are going to get adjusted aggressively, but right now stasis yeah, in Crucible is, is that balance everything? Is shaking everything up, dude. Like you throw a, a stasis storm on a point, like a like a control point, and everyone running in is getting majorly damaged or frozen. It just it's it's fun if you're the one throwing the stasis storm, and infuriating if you're getting literally frozen in place and you can't move your character. It's frustrating <laughs> as shit. But I love things that shake up the meta of the game and the dynamics. So it's uh, it's really cool. In terms of uh, of enemies that you fight, there's no new big enemy like sects, but there are new, uh, literally new monsters, new creations, which has not happened since God, I don't know, any, a, long, a, a super long time. Taking yeah. king, taking king. enemies. Yeah, um, the fallen yeah. have uh, this walking mech. If you've played the raid Scourge of the Past, the final boss of the raid is this big walking, almost Metal Gear like tank that you have to take down. Well, now that thing is like an enemy that can have all different variants, like common, you know, red bar, yellow bar, all this kind of stuff. All right. Uh, the scorn is the scorn was a new yes. enemy. Thank you, thank you. The, when yeah, the were scorn they introduced? New, scorn. They were forsaken. They were uh, 2018. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, now this raid boss is now like a, an enemy that they call the Brig that's around. There's an enemy that kind of looks like a harpy, which is a floating vex, you know, laser shooty eye thing. But this thing has legs now and walks around and can like hop up in the air and just like leg jam right at you. It's it's nuts. Like there's all these cool kind of like brand new additions to these uh, these fallen enemies. So it's it's fun to play around because the mechanics involved are great. And uh, the new location of Europa is honestly, it's massive. It's huge. Uh, you go from huge, like just expansive snowy areas to having uh, Vex growth. And the Vex are like this computerized, you know, being. So there's, you know, very geometry influenced Vex growth around. You go down into some old human bunkers where the first human experiments on putting brains into robot bodies were happening, you know, like like immortality experiments and stuff. And the the basis of where the exo race came from in destiny, which are the robot people. The new raid will be in the deep stone crypt, which is like the mind database of every exo ever. Like they're going very, very deep into destiny's lore for the primary story and for the raid and for the areas here. So it's, it's making a lore nut like me have a lot of fun. But like I said, beyond that, there's nothing majorly new here that will bring people back to destiny or turn people off from destiny. It it kind of just keeps things going exactly where they are. 
when you say now, very status quo type of it is like there's there's fun new things are doing with with abilities there's fun new things are doing with story uh with level progression and characters and guns of course the new exotics are always so much fun to play um at the end of the day it's the same thing but you won't know, you know? until you get to the end of the the story of this new part it, and to learn if they deflated the end game again because the biggest problem over the years is that they periodically have deflated the end game where it made it less, less interesting to um, more, more uh, obsessed players or more try hard players. Like the players, the, the players who play the game at a, at a higher octane level mm-hmm. at one point, Locke was saying that he was frustrated with the meta of the game, the end game part of the game. Well, yeah, there's, there's, um, some different arguments about that. And I'm are we saying the argument of uh, there's nothing to do? Is that what you mean when you Yeah, you, you get to the up? end game and then like you're like, I'm I'm kind of bored. I don't know what to do. The game right. isn't rewarding like, me enough. You're like repeating to, content to obtain. And, and there's always a, there's always yeah, a reference to there's always a reference back to like I think D one. Parts of D one were incredibly fulfilling and rewarding at the end that keep making you want to go back and get new weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you won't know about that until you guys have gotten to like the raid for Beyond Light, right? Right. Yeah, I mean that's it's a fair point. Uh, I think Bungie's way to combat that is this new seasonal model where they roll things out sometimes uh, story based and different events on an actual like calendar based cadence where you know mm-hmm. this week something's happening. Like this event is going to happen. They're going to come through, and now we have something else to do. Like they're keeping people engaged. It's li- yeah, it's through that method. It's literally how they fixed Fallout. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Um. What else? So they also. This is the first time they've like vaulted older content too, right? Did did that yes. go through? Yeah, it did. So, what what entered the vault? Uh, you had a couple planets enter the vault. So planets in Destiny are destinations. They're areas where you can load into from uh, from orbit or from the social space. And uh, there are locations where strikes happen. You know, your your missions, your dungeons, your content, essentially your stories. All of that, uh, not all of it, but a large chunk of it went into the Destiny content vault. So you lost uh, Io, the planet of Io. You lost uh, Saturn's moon Titan. You lost uh, Mercury. Mercury is gone as well. Oh, good. I hated Mercury. <laughs> yeah. Well, it got better when you can summon a sparrow on it, but yeah, it was still kind of a right. kind of a garbage uh, garbage place. Uh, those major planets were gone. Uh, as well as every strike tied to those locations are gone and the raids tied to those locations are gone. So uh, the planet of Nessus is still there, but the Leviathan has moved on. So that means the the Leviathan, all the raid layers for the Leviathan are gone. Dude, that's so much raid. Even Surge of the Past. The only raids that are playable right now in Destiny 2 are Last Wish and Garden of Salvation. That's it. Oh, and then we'll have no. the new one in a week and a half. That's kind of that's kind of sad. Yeah. So Leviathan was a really well crafted raid. I know Leviathan was great. All the raid layers were really fun too. Neo, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know. Like, sure. doesn't World of Warcraft do that, or the raid is every raid from minute one? No. Available? So, well, here's the thing with World of Warcraft: they had a bunch of expansions up until they released the Cataclysm expansion. And what Cataclysm did was it was their way of refreshing the world and the environment, kind of upgrade their 2006 level tech 
that they were kind of layering on and they wanted to more modernize the game right so like they cataclysm is their way of going okay we can improve the graphics here we can redo the original areas we can do all these things and make everything better yes they shelved a few of the older dungeons um but at one point they brought back an original they brought back an original raid called the uh noxoramus and they Mm. they redid it for the higher levels um older older raids like aq which i don't remember what aq stands for uh one of the older level 60 raids has been shelved. I, I was just making but, the, the uh, point that games have to go through that kind of evolution if they want to say. Yeah, I mean, like, World of Warcraft did it in their own way, but they don't, they didn't generally shelve anything. Like, I could still, as a level 100 player, go back and steamroll through a level 60 raid, like, most likely. Like, mm-hmm. but, and that's the only other game I could think of that would do that. But Cataclysm was really the thing that let them go back and kind of refresh the original world. And let you let people go back and replay it because right. wasted content. No one's going back and playing that as level one hundred characters. You know, Trip, weren't they toying with? Weren't they toying with bringing back, um, like a return to the Vault of Glass? So they're not toying with it. That will be happening. And uh, we don't have a definite time frame, but I believe in twenty twenty one, tentatively, uh, like around the spring, the Vault of Glass will be coming back. What they've also done, uh. In addition to losing the planets, so we got Europa, the new zone, which is massive again. We also got the Cosmodrome back from Destiny 1. Oh. Yes. The entire Cosmodrome was back. And what that means is because it's a Destiny 2 location is you have lost sectors now, too. So there are new areas in the Cosmodrome that expand on the Cosmodrome's lore. Uh, there's also a new uh, vendor on the Cosmodrome called Shaw. Yeah, Shahan, I think his what his name is, uh, and he's like the new player guide because the new player experience has been revamped because of all these planets going away. So the Cosmodrome is fully there, um, not the Rise of Iron part of the Cosmodrome, what they call the Plaguelands, but like the original Destiny Year One, Year Two Cosmodrome. Uh, that's all there, plus the uh, the uh, Lost Sectors, the Omnigal Strike is brought back along with that. They've changed the name, and it's a different wizard that you have to kill. But it's the Omnigal Strike, essentially. And then the Vault of Glass will come back in the spring. The so Omnigal Strike was in the Cosmodrome? Why do I not remember that as being in the Cosmodrome? I don't remember know. we had to, like, you you ran through the shipyards and up into the buildings and through the, uh, okay. the last array kind of, station. And then you oh, would yeah, just yeah, fought yeah, her in, like, yeah. a dark room. And she yeah. would scream and a bunch of people would appear and respawn and everything. And, yeah. Um, so they are bringing back... If the Vault of Glass comes back, do you need to own uh, the new expansion to play the Vault of Glass? I would assume so. Yeah. That, that is enough reason for me to come back, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I would 100% come back to redo Vault of Glass again yes. with new shit, because yep, that there's... was my first experience with a Destiny raid, and I, it, was, it was amazing. Uh-huh. It was, frankly, amazing. Last year, they introduced um, champions, which are... Uh, very, very powerful uh, near boss level enemies that can be in strike missions and lost sectors that can only be stopped depending on the type of champion it is by having the right weapon equipped, the right mod on your armor. They can literally stun them so they either stop rushing you or that you can actually damage them because they might be immune otherwise. So I, I can almost guarantee the champions will be in Vault of Glass now in some capacity. It won't just be like a fun, like, oh, I remember this mechanic, I'll just breeze through it thing. They're going to be redoing this to work with Destiny 2 and all of Destiny 2's unique systems that didn't exist back in Destiny 1. 
So that'll be really, really fun. Um, and a lot of people's theory is that they're doing this Destiny content vault to take stuff out of rotation to one, of course, lessen the amount that they have to test and upkeep and run all the time as a single, um, as an, an indie studio, if you want to be you know cheeky about it, honestly. Um, but then also like run the new content through all the improvements they're making to Destiny's engine and to the way they develop and the way they deploy the game and run the game. So that's that's kind of some of the the low-key discussion behind the scenes here that they're going to be bringing everything back eventually it'll just be the destiny 2 if i'd and then of course like you know you follow the rumor thread further down the road and you go oh my god one day this is just going to be destiny and it's all going to be in the same game which is what we've wanted for years so Honestly, that might be a reality one day they should just drop the two from the title at this I, point I fully, it, yeah, it should fully agree. it should just be destiny that that is their game like yep and especially if it eventually is a, a game where all the content ever is in like if dude if they bring the the dreadnought back and if they bring king's fall back i'm gonna lose my my absolute shit you know that, and they, that'd they be cool i never got to, i never yeah. played i never played the uh the dreadnought, king. The dreadnought was king. taking king right yeah, yeah. That, that was, was my fa- my favorite raid is is king's fall T- even better king, than the last yeah taking king was the last time i played destiny on a mm-hmm. basis yeah yeah, Destiny is really, honestly, one of the more fast, most fascinating games on the market now because they are literally succeeding at doing things that other games are so hard trying to do. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Destiny, even though people criticize the lows and then there are oh, the sure. highs, yeah. like, but the, for for whatever for whatever reason, they they persevere so hard and they succeed every time when mm-hmm. when they with this game this this model that they've come up with has been the model to look at, right? Like in Oh yes, these guys are doing it in a great way. They're keeping it fresh. Every year there's something to look forward to. Every season there's something to look forward to. That's amazing. Like I think it's it's pretty cool that they're able to keep so many players like yourself and others engaged like this. It's awesome. Yep. I mean the uh, the fall is always going to feel the best because that's probably when, you know, you have massive changes, massive new areas, a gigantic new raid coming through. Um so it's probably when it's going to be feeling the best and as the seasons go on you'll kind of have more fair weather feelings about destiny um yeah but i think if you take last year as a whole not just like the problems and feelings we felt going through season after season and small iterations i think they massively knocked out knocked that first year of content out of the park with four individual seasons and i think it tied it together at the end and i think they went into some really interesting places and they learned from it and were able to iterate in the same year which is really hard like i know there's a lot of issues still with crucible and with player progression and bounties and there's so many things that aren't ideal in the game but they've gotten better at and faster at iterating so i think they're learning and they're they're doing a good job felix yeah it it warrants me getting up but i'm bleeding and it's oh. on the table. So cool. It's, okay. I'm just well, that's gonna, great because uh, get up for a sec- I'm going to get up for a second. And I'll be right back. Be that's right fine. Back. I mean, I think we're at the end of this discussion and then uh, Neo is going to talk about his experience and we're going to end with you in the Xbox anyway. So I think this is a good time to get up and handle your blood. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> handle your blood, Felix. So yeah, I'm having a good time grinding up for the raid, which will be uh, on the 21st and we're going to be in a raid race. I still got to figure out who I'm raiding with, but a lot of people are coming back to play the game. So the pool is, uh, is large. So we'll be figuring that out and uh, it'll be fun. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, like, look, I've been thinking about very heavily if I'm going to come back to destiny, I reinstalled it on my computer Mm -hmm. uh, because I got real, I got real hype watching you and diamond play it the other day or yesterday or whatever, as of recording this. Um, 
and I miss I miss playing with you guys. It's a game that all of us played together. Mm-hmm. Like that was a game that we all played together. Um, and I love raiding with you guys. One of the best feeling games with friends to play. Absolutely. Um, but uh, this year with the new consoles coming out, I have a lot of other games I'd rather spend yeah. my time on. And I don't think oh, Destiny. I mean, I'm not personally, it's just not a game. Like I, I feel like new content's out. But I've like I've been to Destiny. Like I've seen this experience. I've experienced it. You have, and that's what I'm Maybe, saying earlier. Yeah, there's nothing that y- unique that you have to take time away from other experiences to come over and experience this at least at this point in the game it's fun if you know the game if you know destiny if you love destiny i wouldn't tell someone to not play cyberpunk and play destiny if it came down between the two you know what i mean right right and i it might be it might be something i do revisit sooner rather than later depending on how because the ps5 launch comes out soon and cyberpunk comes out like those those are going to be the focuses of neo for sure uh welcome back felix i hope your blood is okay um, um honestly yeah. like some of the seasonal changes happen to everybody uh, regardless of expansion ownership um so you might be able to do some like power level grinding even if you don't own the content to get there so, I'd, like, rather, I'd rather get the content and play the new stuff oh well i know yeah. i'm just saying like you yeah. know if your focus was like vault of glass for example you know you could just play in do some small little fun crucible stuff and just wait until you know the date and then like at that point get ready hop in yeah i think i think that's what i might do i might actually be like okay vault of glass is coming let's let's fucking go like i will i will jump in for a vault of glass raid yeah 100 percent will um and you never had a chance in d1 to do it have you neil or did you no i did i did vault of glass i didn't do taking king that is the expansion i did not do no i, what was out. The- I checked out after um trip. what was the second raid what was the one with the uh, big- second raid was uh crota's end that was the first expansion of the game Yeah, with the big fucking moon can, you gotta can- shoot you shoot the mm-hmm. man, I shoot the man. I completed uh Crota's end and then I was like, all right, I think I'm destined out for now. That's that's somebody's not shooting the moon. Somebody's not <laughs> shooting the moon. Shoot the goddamn moon. Right? Speaking of rage. You have to yeah. shoot the moon at the end, right? Yeah, that was yeah, when if uh if if somebody fucked something up, then yeah, the big moon would try to wipe your team. You have to everyone had to shoot the moon. Yeah. It was called the Oversoul for the lore nerds out there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The Oversoul. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, speaking uh, of raids yeah okay sorry did you want to talk more about it transition bro oh cool, cool, cool. yeah no it's it's perfect speaking of raids speaking, of raids. speaking of raids uh this weekend i got to do something very interesting i got to play another company's take on the non-mmo kind of raid mm. i played the ghost of tsushima raid to completion nice. and uh let me tell you it was a really cool experience. Like, imagine if another company went, wow, Destiny is doing this really, this, the idea of the raid, like, because World of Warcraft did that shit for years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, World of Warcraft raids have been around. And Destiny went, let's do that in first-person shooter with right. platforming and change, change the game. mechanics. Yeah. yeah, change the game. It changed the way you, you, you look at that kind of group experience. Right. And Ghost of Tsushima did the same thing except with samurai and my god they they nailed it honestly um the it's three chapters the whole raid is technically in three parts Mm -hmm. and part one is learn the mechanics of doing these activities in a group and they had a whole progression like you move into an area and it's it's like an encounter and the encounter is like you go okay well 
God, there's there's so much to it. I should have reviewed all the things that we did, but we just kind of blew through it. Uh, there's because I did this for eight hours. It was like an eight hour journey. Was this and start to finish eight hours, or is this like um, oh, chapter wait, no. one was two and a half hours, chapter two was close to three hours, and chapter did you three in, in one shot really. Is what I meant? Uh, like, yeah, in one sitting. Yeah. Okay. We did the whole thing in one sitting. Well, uh, did you try stuff days before and come back and then and do it again? Or this is just like, we're going to hop in and do it today and you just eight hours. Yep. Did the, it. Squad, the squad, the uh, squad, it was demos was there and a few, uh, like two friends from the kind of funny discord. Uh, we hopped in blind. Just, we're going to see how this goes. We're going to, we're going to do our best to learn the mechanics on the fly. And for the most part, we did it. We, we didn't get stuck until the end of chapter two is where I mm-hmm. want to say because chapter two was, was um, mostly jumping puzzles, uh, platforming puzzles. They, uh, I'll, this is the mechanic I remember the most. Cause it's the one that we got kind of stuck on the most you in the game, you uh, in the multiplayer mode, you attune your sword to different colors, AKA like symbols. There's a symbol associated with it. And there are four players in the raid and three players would, would take these colors into their swords and these colors when jumping onto an invisible platform would activate the platform the one player since he didn't get a color had the opportunity to see which each of the um colors that activated these platforms were so he was the person doing the call outs and they actually had a really cool method where it kind of split us up for in, in, in the group where the demos was the call out person in this in this specifically he had to have complete like map surround like like understanding and watch all of us and he would be like okay orange you jump on the next platform then it's green then it's blue then it's orange again and then orange again so we all had to time our jumps otherwise the platform falls out and we die sure so there was a lot of really heavy platforming aspects to it um up until all the encounters where they had they had very destiny like boss encounters for example uh, at the end of chapter two, where we where we spent most of the time, um, you had to use everything you learned about holding these colors in your sword for the final encounter. So, so at the end, one person had to use use their platforming color to get to a specific area away from the group, pick up a crystal, and bring it back to the main group. But he and another person had to like fight off enemies as they worked their way back to the main group. Meanwhile, the other two uh, people who remained back at at the main area had to defend had to defend the protect the crystal area so they they did lean heavily into like working in a with a mechanic heavy boss fight it wasn't just killing enemies it wasn't straight up just do as much damage as you can to this person it was survive the mechanic and remember that you have to also not die and use your class abilities to your advantage because each class had every every class matters they have like in destiny you have a like a support subclass you have mm-hmm. a very tanky class you have a um like a more ranged like archer focused class and you sure. have a more stealth quick quick kill class and that's who i was i was the assassin for the uh for the raid um this is all leading up to the um chapter three which unfortunately demos had to drop out at this point because we were going like literally for eight hours at this point yeah but um the final boss fight was the most exciting because this felt like the most destiny 
of of the whole entire experience mm-hmm. because the, what what ends up happening is you're fighting essentially a demigod the, the whole the whole multiplayer expansion to ghost of tsushima is very um like lore and fantasy like japanese fantasy driven like you you're fighting a lot of like oni demons and right, very like their their spiritual fairy tales and stuff like that just yeah all i recall you said that life. you yeah. said that in another episode i remember you 100 percent. yeah like like heavy heavy um like in and like the destiny equivalent heavy elites like mm-hmm. very heavy armored tough bad guys are the oni they they're tough they take a lot of you have to really focus them down otherwise they will they'll overpower you yeah. um before i talk about the final boss fight one of the last encounters we were facing was um the, one of the mechanics of the radar enemy bodies that you kill will explode but they explode a specific they they blow up to a specific element mm-hmm. and there are these little orb bubble gooey things that are around the whole map and you have to blow them up in order to um start to break down the barrier that's blocking the next exit so like so you're meanwhile you're fighting 15 20 enemies that are swarming you but every time you pop one of these bubbles with you have to kill these enemies next to these bubbles to pop them you can't just swing your sword at them right. once you pop them they spawn an oni elite and then if you pop too many you got too many oni to deal with they overwhelm you mm-hmm. this is one of the mm-hmm. so we had to coordinate and go you pop a bubble you focus down the oni you move on to the next bubble you take too long there's a raid wipe mechanic yep Right, so it's a very, it's very much like there it wasn't is a, just jumping off a cliff, <laughs> like it is in Destiny. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like Destiny has that too. If you take too long, there's a raid wipe mechanic that will happen. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't succeed in the mechanic, it will it'll wipe the raid. Oh. So we wiped a bunch of times. I don't remember that. I remember us always having to do it manually. Like, okay, everyone, jump off the cliff. Like. Well, if you if you know that you're not going to succeed, you can you can wipe prematurely. But yeah, usually if you don't like do the thing the encounter wants you to do, oh yeah, um, yeah. either the boss will enrage or like something that's not taken care of will like detonate and the entire team wipes if you're not doing the right thing. So like yeah, yeah there's, oh, yeah, there's yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah. and the, the mechanic is um, the boss of the raid, the, who you fight in chapter three, goes like like her name is like Eo, and it goes. If, if, you're, if you're taking too long, it, it, it'll a message will pop up on the screen. EO is searching for you, mm-hmm. and then once once the, once you take too long, it goes. EO has found you, and then she like covers the screen, and they reset yeah. your they reset the encounter. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing we were struggling with. So we really had to nail down the teamwork in order to accomplish this one encounter. It's um, the best feeling when that comes together. And, and it's great. We and we and we ended up doing it. Um, when demos left, we recruited a random person in my Twitch chat who was like, oh, "I'll help you. I'll help you do the the chapter three boss fight." Um, and let me tell you this boss fight because I'll I'll try and be as quick as possible. But I want to tell you how this fight works because mm-hmm. it's fucking destiny as fuck. Like the way they yeah. did it. Um, so four players, two players need to defend. Uh, these like blood, these blood ritual pools. That's what that's like essentially what they are. Mm-hmm. And you can't let you can't let ads like the random enemies uh, stand in it too long. Otherwise, the enemy or the uh, the boss will generate too much blood and then wipe the raid. Mm-hmm. Right. So you need two people to defend these points. Meanwhile, the other two players, one person has to stand on a switch to activate the path to jump into a portal, and you jump into the boss's soul. Soul. Yeah. <laughs> The, the boss at the end of the at the end of the field, the boss is standing there 
giant giant goddess demon boss mm-hmm. just like she's she's throwing shit at you you're dodging her thing and you have you send one player into her into her mind soul and fight a normal sized version of her and that's how you damage the boss cuz you don't damage her from the outside meanwhile the two people the two slash three people this uh the switch mm-hmm. hitter, the person hitting the switch and the two people defending the the um the two blood pools have to shoot um you have a spirit bow it's just another mechanic you get in the game and there are certain points on her face that you have to shoot and if you don't hit those when they pop up then she will do uh she'll kind of like break the barrier of of your team and then wipe the raid so it's like it's another white mechanic like Mm -hmm. if you don't hit these points she will wipe the raid like like you gotta shoot the moon like shooting the moon exactly mm-hmm. exactly and then she'll sometimes she'll put her hand out and it'll if you don't shoot her hand she will trigger explosive damage to the whole party and so that these are mechanics that you have to like keep an eye out and then after a certain amount of time you have your player jumping into her her mind you and you have to swap sides there's two sides two portals yeah. um and you can also use your bow to shoot them out you have to release them from her mind her mind portal or whatever um I hope I'm describing this okay because there's a lot of mechanics that happen in this fight. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I, I, I find it's always like incredibly difficult to describe uh, the dance yeah. of a raid to someone who doesn't play the game. You're doing a great job, um, but I'm, I mean, obviously, like what's most important that's coming across is I can tell it's it's very coordinated, it's very involved, and obviously, not only do you have to worry about the mechanics and getting all that timing down correctly and paying attention and situational awareness, but you also have to do the thing the game. Is is based upon which is killing enemies and and you know exactly. using your abilities and and actually fighting and, and combat and stuff. So it's that's and always like a crazy thing like, to juggle. I mean, like Destiny, said- the combat is fun as fuck. Like mm-hmm. it's really fun to be a samurai in that game. And added all these mechanics, it's even more fun because now you're actually with a purpose, accomplishing something. Yeah. Felix, what's up? Did you worry? Is no, I was gonna say, Trip. Like you said it right when you said the word dance. Describe it's a dance. Describe dancing. Yeah. Because you have to learn the choreography of your space, of what everyone yeah. has to do to exist together. It's it's a dance. That's the best way to, to but describe once stuff you, like Once that. you learn the choreography of the Charleston or learn the choreography of, of the tango, the it's like, tango. Unless, you, unless you're like a person who's been doing it for like many, many years, it's hard to explain that to somebody else. The procedure it takes to be able to do it successfully as many times as you've done it, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about... um breaking up the whole raid into three parts and throwing them on our YouTube as like let's plays. Oh, yeah. I feel like that'd be a cool thing. So you can just like, just see what the raid is in three parts, like each chapter. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool to do. So sure. I guess anyone listening to this wants to check it out. I'll, I'll have them posted within like a week or two and then yeah. you can all, I'll just go enjoy that. Um, I'll break that out for my, my Twitch. I'll break it out for my Twitch VOD. That'd um, be great. But yeah, so the it's honestly it's a great experience if you haven't played ghost of tsushima's multiplayer my god it's it's a free edition like they they at no cost were like here you go yeah have this, this have this really dense experience this crazy experience that you would normally pay like 15 20 bucks maybe as an edition dlc and good, good on good on them from crafting such a good experience yeah. like if, fantastic. If, they, if they paywalled that shit no one would have bought it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's to say? Like, people were very satisfied with the base game. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have minded going. Oh, there's now a multiplayer that I can pay for X, like you know, fifteen, twenty, yeah. thirty 
Wars. I think like, he's Felix has a point though. It's uh it's an unproven genre and it would have been like a like a a weird place for them to go to say like this really single player focused story centric open world samurai game is getting a raid and multiplayer spend 20 bucks and have a great time. People be like I don't okay and now yeah, you know, I, got like, my, I got my fill yeah. yeah so i think going free was was the move it was a huge benefit yeah 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 because People like who have never tried this now get to go oh i can try this cool and they've experience. they've created um value and confidence in what they can make so in the future they probably can charge for some kind of expansion like this you know yeah. if they decide to take the game down that uh but it also might have been a situation where two or three people went in for free did the raid who had bought the game and then went and back back to their friend group and said, yo, I just played the raid with the, you're doing it right now. Neo you're telling our listeners like how cool this is and what that could ultimately result in is people buying the game, you know, spending the 60 bucks yeah. on the actual game. I mean, finding, look, finding a sale. If you like grinding for loot and chilling and hanging with your friends and getting cool samurai moves and leveling up an assassin or a beefy samurai, like it's it's like it's like Destiny Samurai. Like that's what it is. It's Destiny, but you can be a ninja or an archer or a it's awesome. Like it's yeah. really it's really cool how they took their their in-game story mechanics and you know, like all like the single player things that you learn and then going, okay, this is how we divide it up and make it make you uh an assassin and, and focus mm-hmm. all the assassin skills the heavy samurai skills make it like uh they make it like a um very much like the samurai is a tank because he can absorb health and he can make himself like he can make himself get, get you know get better armor and quickly kill like three people the assassin can smoke bomb and become invisible again like they made they made their mechanics work in their multiplayer and yeah. it's it's fun to do it's fun to group up and be that be one of these many classes. That's cool. It's I recommend like a, like a like a really well crafted experience, especially for a genre that you wouldn't expect that from. And you know what? I can't wait for even more mm. the ability to play it on PlayStation Five because next gen is here. Sixty frames a second. Felix Hergood, you have the Xbox Series X. You are the first member of the Emergent Gamer with a next gen console. I do. I have a next gen console. He's, He's sitting in front of his fridge right now. If you're uh, watching us on twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer on Wednesday night, it says behind me, it says behind me, it says, Oh fuck. I don't even know how to, he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure it out. out. Xbox series X fridge (laughs) world, world premiere, the world premiere of the Xbox series X fridge. If you're, if you're very out of the loop, uh, there was a meme as soon as this, uh, Xbox got revealed months ago that it looked like a refrigerator. And then people were like resizing it to, you know, appear in kitchens and stuff. Uh, then Xbox went ahead maybe a couple weeks ago and uh, announced they've made a fridge that looks like the Xbox, uh, series X and you can win this thing in a raffle, of course. So they made it into, I'm assuming that's the advertisement that I pulled off the Xbox. website. Yeah. 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 And it's hilarious because it's opening up and there's like fucking, there's like drinks and shit in it. Of course, yeah. There's, there's like going to be some, monster, there. some gamer shit or whatever. Some, you yeah, know. Mo- monster shit. gaming. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I got the Tell Xbox Se- Series X. So I had a, I acquired it through a friend. We know him, but he ex- actually explicitly told me not to mention publicly. Actually, he did say I could mention it on the show, but like a friend. You know, the of, name drop him. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to name drop him. But, um, 
but anyway, friend. a friend of ours that we both we all know who helped us out with the show for a long time has helped me out with tech and shit. Somehow has is a magician with finding uh, consoles. I actually went through a, a hugely complicated process the day of the pre-orders. Um, so I started pre-ordering or attempting the pre-order at the time in the morning, and then I had to go to my job. So I went to my job, and when I got into the job, I walk in the job. And one of the guys I'm working with, the first thing he fucking says when I walk in the door, he's like, I got my pre-order. And I went, motherfucker. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed off. And there was another friend there who, who an hour later, while we're all working together at the job, goes, I got my pre-order too. And I'm like, motherfuckers, another one. Fuck you. I, I remember this. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed. Dust. So pissed off. So anyway, so I'm, I'm working the job and I'm doing the job and everything like that. And the one guy felt really bad because I was like, shit, man, you know, and like, I got good friends, you know, um, one guy, this is just a randomly, this is my friend adrenaline. If you guys know him, he's been on the show before. So adrenaline felt really bad that I didn't get one. So we did this like stupid boneheaded thing. He goes, um, uh, what does he say? He goes, he's in our break room at the job and he goes, I have, Best Buy up with a cart with one in it for you. Text me your credit card information from where I was somewhere else on the, in the, on the site. And I stupidly did that. So I go and send him my credit card information, not realizing he has a cart with his Best Buy account. And I give him my credit card information on his Best Buy account. And they the all went, minute that happens, the minute he attempts the order, blammo, they fucking hit my credit card with a security breach thing or like a, a yeah, flag, a security flag. And they immediately yeah. uh, cancel hit that order. Right. Cause they think it's like a security thing. Um, so that goes into chaos. Then he was trying to put in a cancel. They canceled it for him, but he was trying to put in a cancel and then in, inadvertently canceled his other pre-order. So he had put in a pre-order successfully for himself, tried one for me, Canceled both of them, and then lost, Adrenaline lost all his pre-orders. So he never got an Xbox. Oh, my God. Sheesh. And then, and then at well, three... Get this Xbox? So at three o'clock... So that was in the morning. It was 11 in the morning, the day of the pre-order. At about... Or 12. About 3 p.m. or 4, I get a text from our special friend who says, I got your Xbox. Card. Our special friend. My other friend who was not at the job. He was just another guy. He goes, your Xbox is on its way. And I said, I said, um, I said, aren't you going to get an Xbox? Don't you want to keep it for yourself? And he goes, I got one. I got two. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, so you got got a number. So I was like, I was like, this is really cool. He got two and he said, one's coming to me. But up until the other day when the damn thing came out, I wasn't sure if I was getting it. I wasn't excited and sure i was getting it until the night before when he texts me it says your xbox shipped and i went wow this is real i did prepare money put aside you know to to give him when i picked up the purchase but like because it was being shipped right to his house so like i had the money prepared but i didn't think i was going to be spending it because i wasn't sure if it was actually going to come so because there were you know there was all these problems where people like specifically with PlayStation 5 where people got emails saying that like oh you you we didn't actually successfully pre-order. It was like after mm-hmm. the fact. Did you guys hear about this? 
Yeah, a few, a few were. Yeah, a bunch were of canceled. Yeah, a bunch of people got pre-orders that were canceled, which is fucky. That's real fucking fucky. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I go over. I do. I actually texted him on the way, and I go. Um. I was like, "How much for it?" He's like five thirty, which is the Xbox with tax. I offered a finder's fee, but he wouldn't take one. Um. But anyway. Um. So, so I'm driving to him, and I go. This feels like a drug deal. <laughs> because <laughs> he's like he's like good. he's like park park out on the street in front of my neighbor's house and just wait for me <laughs> mm-hmm. text me when i get when you get there and wait for me and i'll come out to you and i'm like this feels like a drug deal and then i'm like texting him and i go uh hey w- if I, this was a drug deal like what would i be buying for 530 dollars <laughs> is that like a kilo of cocaine or is it less there are a lot of answers to that question a lot more than that but yeah, I was but, like, I was like, what am I buying for five hundred and thirty dollars? What gets me? What does five hundred and thirty dollars get me these days? But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, so I got it, and then I, I was magically surprised at the whole experience of setting it up. Like, I literally, I came in, I cleaned everything, I moved things out, I took out the Xbox, the original OG Xbox One, pulled that out. You don't need it anymore. I don't need it anymore. Uh, I. I actually still need the xbox motherfucking 360 those dickheads have still not updated the software to allow me to play the saboteur um for whatever fucking reason and i'm saying it live here on the air that that's bullshit um (laughs) because i put the saboteur in the xbox series x and it's just too old it's like it's i can't play this i can't stop putting it in here you're gonna break this new machine Um, nope so so I'm like, I failed at that, but so I still have a 360. I have an Xbox 360 and the C- Series X right next to it. It fucking, it's you so need what you stupid. need, you know. But the coolest experience was the minute I unboxed it, I was and had it set and everything. I set the whole thing up by connecting to it like a printer through its Wi-Fi connection uh, using my phone with the the new Xbox updated app. So I was able to connect that way. And then the process was seamless. I just went through uh, the Xbox app and just uh, set everything up. I picked all the features. Um, I, after the fact, I did go in and customize my dashboard. But I had already done that in the original Xbox One software. Um, so and, let's and, compare compare the UI. Like, like is, is it faster to navigate and move around in it? It's, it I didn't notice UI speed increases at all. Like the, the, the user interface of the Xbox still seems the same. Maybe it's faster. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about in terms of that. I didn't notice the actual experience and speed of the game, of the system, until I played games. That's when I was shocked. That's when I was blown away. So take, for Describe, example, yeah. Civilization Six, which I'm playing on a regular basis. I talked about it last week. Sean Bean, who played Ned Stark in Game of Thrones... If I remember. not familiar, he also played 006 in the original GoldenEye movie. Alec Trevelyan. Yeah. So Sean Bean narrates all of the, the expositions about the cultures in Civilization, Civilization VI. So, for instance, um, I picked the, native, the Cree Nation, the Native American culture from North America called the Cree Nation. He does a probably a three minute soliloquy about the Cree nation and the importance of the Cree nation in the very beginning, when you're watching your load screen or the load bar that happens. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in my original Xbox One, I would witness that he'd finish talking, and there'd be an, about another minute to a minute and a half where I was waiting for this little load bar to go around. What I noticed immediately is that Civilization Six loaded before he had even a chance to get like a fucking first paragraph done. <laughs> Hell yes. So it loaded that quick. And then I hit continue and went in before he even finished talking, which was great. Then I get in Wild. and I noticed that the zoom in and out, it's just fluid in and out like quickly instant in and out. Uh, if I put in, there's no, there's no stuttering or anything like that. No that stuttering happens, whatsoever. Right? If I put, um, a bunch of moves in, and then watch them move. It's all fluid, and I see all the animations. Like, I, mm-hmm. I actually see animations that never existed in Civilization VI for me up until this point. Like, so that's all noticeable immediately um, in this game, which is a game that at the point I'm playing, I have like, you know, uh, 50 cities or something like that that the game has to manage the data for. And it you does. were able to transfer your save file as well pretty easily. Oh, oh, well, that's through the Xbox app experience. Like when I went through that, it said, do you want to transfer all the information from your Xbox one to your Xbox series X? And I said, yes. And then my desktop, everything, everything was fluid. I will tell you uh, when I moved to fallout 76, because of the poor design of fallout, there ended up being some things that didn't transfer in, but it wasn't my inherent characters or save files. Um, Now fallout 76, uh, I'm shocked at how much better that game is. <laughs> I am fucking I'm sure it does help. At, yeah. It's going to save me so much time from fast traveling in almost instant lo- uh, load screens. Not almost instant, but like I go, the load screens go from a minute to now like 20 seconds, bro, like 20 or 30 mm-hmm. seconds, like half the time. Um, every single box that I open instantly pops open. Every box, every container. Um, when I transfer items from my inventory into the stash box, it's instant. Um, if I have to cook 50 um, meals, or first you have to boil water for it. So if you wanted to do, you need to boil 50 waters, and then the water, the boiled water will go with um, the other items, other ingredients of various different meals, soups, things like that. If I want to do that, that was never instance. And there was also uh, there was also a, a substantial amount of menu lag that would sometimes completely freeze the character for a second. None of that's there. Right. It's 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 literally press a button, one, two, three, four. It just counts up as I'm pressing the button. There's no delay, there's no input delay at all in the game. Um which is superior to anything I've ever experienced. And pro- this is probably akin to what the PC players of Fallout 76 experience, but I haven't experienced it on the Xbox at all. It's been I was going to say like you're you're now experiencing what it's like to go from a standard hard drive to a solid state drive. Yeah. Which is which is probably the biggest leap you can get besides right. like graphics updates and and you know any kind of like power that you can put into your hardware. Like a solid state drive is quite possibly the biggest thing you can get. So for I any type of hardware. I downloaded um, cause EA play now is fully functioning and available in game pass. So you can go in and see every single electronic arts game that's been made. Most of them 
most of them are in there. I I didn't I don't think I saw Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in there. So maybe the newest ones they're not putting in there. But uh, I downloaded like three sports games in probably about twenty minutes. Like it was That's insane. Wild. Like was three insane. full games. Three full games in like twenty minutes. Because mm-hmm. now Comcast miraculously changed overnight, and now I get full gigabyte gigabit internet. Remember, I used to say that I'm getting only two hundred or three hundred. Now I'm getting mm-hmm. a full gigabit. Like, so that's all fast as well. So that goes with this. Um, so I was blown away by that. Um, overall, the general experience with Fallout was just shocking. I have yet to try additional games. You know, like right now I'm playing Mafia Two. I'm playing Tony Hawk. I'm playing like a bunch of uh, other assorted games. And I have no idea if those games are going to see, if I'm going to see improvements with those games, but I, I can imagine any previous game that's relatively recent that had late laborious load screens or any of that shit is going to be better, way better because you, you just don't have to wait as long. Like exactly. Um, and that's what I'm excited. A about. lot of, a lot of titles do you have they give you which i know you're not playing at 4k you're playing at 1080p but a lot of titles will give you an option because i think this started with the what's what's the uh, xbox one x they gave you the option to run at like a performance mode or a high fidelity mode where it increased like the visuals and locked you at 30 frames will it not prompt me if it recognizes my tv is not a 4k tv it, well, your your console's probably automatically going, hey, you're at 1080p, we're going to keep you here. But what I'm wondering, because I've never had a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X, but a lot of those games will be like, in the settings, uh, it'll be like, hey, do you want to run this at a high performance mode or do you want to run it at a high visuals mode? Yeah, it's easy um, to work. Uh, so well, I'm wondering if a few of the games you have, you might be able to test a 60 frame per second mode. Oh, and you yeah. can experience playing at that. Well, I, will, I don't I, know, though. I will tell yeah. you, Trip, um, what I've seen on your stream and what I've seen on Neo's stream, I seem to experience a little bit of that with Fallout now, where the, 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 you're, there's so much more fluidity when you're moving the gun and you know running around, and yeah. it's just faster. It's just moving. So you're having more... I mean, a more PC-like experience. Which yeah, is, I would say, I, is, I, is this more like... Is, is yeah, that, I mean, I... Is that a higher I frame rate wanna, that I'm experiencing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, mm-hmm. you're noticing that the game is responding to you faster, that it's rendering things, that you're doing faster, and that's, that's absolutely a frame rate and a responsiveness thing. And I, I really don't like to use the term more like a PC, uh, because a PC doesn't really have... You know, it's not the best way to play a game, but they don't curb the market in that, right? Yeah, yeah. for for a long time it, it was just because of pure technology, but now that field is leveling even more with this, and you're getting a better experience. Yeah, um, it's definitely uh, an an exciting new experience. There's so much, so many more things. So, Neo, you got to rattle off these. You said you found an article that said the seven things you should do on your Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. It's it's like basics. It's basic setup. Basic setup stuff. Like make sure your TV is set correctly. Give me the query, man. I want to know if I did these things. (laughs) Well, it's like uh, check your TV and AV power options. Like uh, like didn't do that. Low power mode. Didn't do that. Um, Check that out. There is a digital assistant for voice commands. If you care about that, probably won't Uh, need that. Customize customize your home screen. Did that. Change your guide, which I guess is like the sidebar. 
Um, I there are capture that. and share settings uh, for capturing gameplay and sharing them to your social media accounts. Well, I noticed that on the controller. The controller literally has now a share button, a third button. Show us the, the controller. Show us that. Show us that new controller, Felix. Hold it. Uh, hold it in uh, your camera. Hold it in my camera. Jesus Christ. Hold that, it at your camera. That looking like the old controller here. Yeah, but see that third look, look button. At, look at the D-pad. Yeah. That's oh, got, true. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty sleek D-pad. It's got a new... Uh, it feels better. The D-pad feels way better. I, I don't think I'm going to struggle to find that button when I'm in a you know a frenetic situation, like losing my right. shit. Um, so I'm pretty excited about how it feels and everything. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm golden. Um, I'm really what, glad you can experience this kind of performance. This, it's this very is my, my theory, though. And this was echoed by a friend of mine's wife who's a gamer. Um, she says that the experience of positivity with the games is going to be great, you know, like better load screens and things like that. When I'm playing retro games, like older games that were made for previous gen, Mm -hmm. but she, Mm -hmm. she worries that as they get into the build cycles of new games for that console, they're going to maximize the potential and then we're just going to go back to even on newer games. It's just going to still be long load screens because they're going to they're going to push to add more, pack more shit into games to to yeah. add more to it. And then it's just going to level out. And then we're back to just having fucked up load screens on newer games. You know what I mean? Older games it's are going to perform faster. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that. I theory. Like that could be a whole other episode. Like thinking about the possibilities of that. I mean, the answer is yes and no, because I also it's feel just, like it's like with the highway, well, you know, when they, when they add more lanes, that doesn't improve the traffic more cars. problem. Yeah. More cars just fit yeah. on it. Yeah. But more also car, you yeah. could you could further make analogies to that because as, as you make lanes wider and you realize that you have a problem with congestion, you make new technologies like airplanes and trains and flying cars. Like, Things happen like that in computers too. Like you're going to have a better way to access the data, be able to load more data at once. You're going to be able to like prioritize what loads. So I feel like it's going to, it's going to even out, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for, for what I really want you to try and do Felix, if I, if I may give you some homework, play Assassin's Creed Odyssey again, see how well, fa- yeah. see how fast traveling loads. He's <laughs> like, nah, fuck that. No, I never <laughs> fucking bought it on the Xbox. But now I oh, interesting. and it's still expensive, even though that fucking Valhalla game came out. It's like sixty <laughs> bucks to buy fucking. I w- see. Like I would tell, I would tell you to play Valhalla because that would be a game that is optimized for your console. Right, right. You'll yeah. you'll see those fast load times. You're going to so, so, experience the frame so rate and the high fidelity. Let's run down the list of games potentially. Any that any I could game get. you any game you may go in post xbox one x i encourage you to go into settings and go look for the graphics options modes yeah i will see if they exist there um and and like civilization might not have this it's an older game at this point um at this point no even even uh fallout 76 i don't know if this would even have it it might i don't know it's it's a fairly recent game hey mate you never know I, I I've never played this game on a, maybe on one maybe of the in an app, up an up consoles like they might they might come out with an update saying we're going to optimize this for newer consoles and then offer that as a section they might I don't know for sure a lot of games are are going to be doing that like uh like so, I know Valhalla will do that well, like like if you buy like the Xbox One X version I mean it'll, they're it'll still have working in their version. you know Bethesda for this game is still working in their shit smear of a game engine I mean <laughs> yeah I mean I, I don't think seventy six is the op is the candidate here but that's a 
Um, no, but I encourage you to play one of your one of your graphically like Jedi Fallen Order. Like if you right. still have that, you have EA access. Now. Also, play, didn't, also didn't buy that. Didn't buy Jedi Fallen Order on the fucking box. I, I didn't. I don't. I bought a bunch of shitty games on my Xbox. You have EA access on. I, on, I do. Uh, Game Pass probably has a couple of those you can reach right, in and be like, "Plenty of games that I can right download." Now. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of games. Yeah, that Game I can Pass. Install. So many games. So I, mean, I, I encourage you to like really try and like see those like those like differences from the older consoles and see if it it like you go if you have like a wow experience like if you have like a wow moment where you just go holy shit this is definitely we're in next gen because I was gonna rattle off some of the titles like. I'd like to go in and explore. So I'm playing Mafia 2, which is just a remastered. That's a segue to what we're going to later talk about. <laughs> I'm playing Mafia 2, which is a remaster versus a remake. Mm-hmm. That's probably, I don't know how it's, it's not probably not going to improve that at all because that's like original game engine shit. But I would like to try and play Mortal Kombat 11. You know, they got, <laughs> dude, they're releasing fucking Rambo in Mortal Kombat. God, are they really? And I really want oh, to find yeah, out. I saw that trailer. I really want I know they didn't get Sly Stallone to play the fucking voice, but I want to know I want to hear if the guy they got is doing a really good Sly impression because the guy who does Arnold as the Terminator does a really great impression of Arnold. It's terrific. It's not Arnold himself? I thought it was Arnold actually doing it. <sighs> Fuck, maybe it is. I I didn't read that it was cuz cuz he was he was in the market just, like he joined in on the marketing. I just read that it was his likeness. I don't think it's actually his voice. You could look that up. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Um I want to see how it changes my experience playing Red Dead Online too. Um cuz I play that. Oh, online. um Schwarzenegger approved the use of his likeness and he selected the Terminator's voice actor. Oh, so he did. Okay, so, so Sly Stallone, him. Sly Stallone probably did the same thing. That's my guess for the Rambo character. But I can't That's wait. So fascinating. I can't, I can't wait to play as Rambo. <laughs> it's wild. They just have the craziest mashups in Mortal Kombat. It's absolutely well, it's, nuts. It's, it's because Nether Realm is a pro, is a product of Time Warner. Nether Realm is, is right. owned by Time Warner, so they have access to whatever. Um, movie characters are, are that are appropriate are licensed under that label, so mm-hmm. that's why they're able to do it. So I'm excited, um, but yeah, well, I'm, it gonna, is exciting. I'm gonna get into trying all these games, and um, but we can get back to the segue. I was just, I was just, yeah, I mean, really. look, next next week we're gonna have plenty more time to talk about next gen. Uh, at that point, you'll have more time with your Xbox, I'll be balls deep in the playstation 5 i'm gonna play miles morales and demon souls this weekend which is a fresh remake of the ps3 classic which is our small segue to our final topic well i was gonna uh, the other thing i was gonna tell you is my special friend might be trying maybe might be trying to get me a ps5 hey that'll be exciting if yeah. you can get me that as well. So I might have some commentary on the PS5. I'm staying hard in the PC lane, but I'll be uh, excited to hear what you guys uh, experience. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, 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 I can't I wait to play it. with the PS5. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about like, well, we'll, we'll cap out the show with a little remake talk because this week, yeah. um, more, uh, mass effect trilogy was announced as being remade. And that leads into the discussion are what makes, what was like, the discussion is like, what makes a remake truly special and worth going yeah. back, back. I mean, to? especially with, um, with mass effect it's one of the uh 
the just longest called for remakes remasters people wanted to play this game on newer consoles and it completely skipped the entire last console generation um again excluding pcs you could always kind of download it on steam or whatever the the access point would be but like there was not a way to play it on ps4 not a way to play it on xbox um it, it people were like i want to play this game you know especially with like andromeda coming out as an entry into a next gen uh system yeah felix fact game pass just allowed it it's there what is there andromeda no all of them they're all in there in ea play are they interesting mm-hmm. oh the, the, EA. the original okay. version and they have xbox 360 on them and it with a down arrow right i saw them all in there and i went that's not the remake because it has the xbox 360 logo sure on. sure they're just they're mm-hmm. just ports of the old game yeah the old games so you can play those so if with- you have game pass right now Mm-hmm. But the promise of a remake expands on that because with just by playing the original release, you're not getting all the fancy new graphics that, you know, the developers didn't they didn't have those tools at the time. They didn't have the technology to put these games on looking looking the way a lot of games look now. The legendary edition, which is the remake of this trilogy, they're promising uh updating shaders, textures, models, the effects, the technical features, which is probably a, a huge one because Mass Effect 1 you can feel the date of that game when you go back and play it. That game does not feel like a modern game anymore. Yeah. Um, and that I've, leads into the discussion as like, what, what can you do to improve of these past titles when you do re-release them like this? I tried to play Mass Effect five years after it came out and I couldn't play it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I played it the first time in 2013 and I was like, I liked it and I loved the world. Um, but it was, it was, it didn't feel like a modern game. Mass Effect 1. I heard Mass Effect 2 changed and fixed so much of that, and people absolutely love Mass Effect 2. Uh, I just didn't get I there. Mean, I vouch. Yeah. It, it, it's, it put um, me off. It really did put me off, man. It their did. promise of not just the graphical improvements, but their promise of that technical enhancements, um, technical features they're adding, uh, that tells me this will be more of a remake, not just a remaster, not just an uprising of the entire glow game. Up. They, they yeah. say we want players to experience the original work in its best possible form and to modernize the experience. And modernizing the experience says to me things are changing in the game. Uh, maybe not mechanically in the terms of like you know you fighting an uh, an alien, say, but maybe like uh, the menu system, maybe like a character progression system, something that modernizes the game into what we are more prepared to experience or play through as gamers today or new people like younger people that are getting into gaming that don't have honestly you know a, a touchstone to the originals the best example for me of kind of our like the perfect remake would probably be like resident evil 2 well, because uh, that like, that remake i mean that that is a, a big leap of a remake but two is an, an incredible mechanics example. yeah and they they put that modern feel to it and they added all the modern graphics that we're used to and made it made it an amazing reliving reliving that experience was amazing. Yeah, I got I yeah. gotta back you up on that. There's the only reason that I went back and completed all the trophies in Resident Evil 2 is because it had a familiar modern those fuck those tank controls. Fuck them. <laughs> right. They're, yeah. They're just garbage, and I won't ever play those games that if they're rendered like I won't play Resident Evil 1 until they do what they did with 2. Like I'm yeah. not going to fuck with that because sure. it still has tank controls. I won't fuck with that. And, and they have to completely and to be fair, redo it. 
they did kind of remake that game on GameCube uh, with the Resident Evil One but remake. It's still the it's still the tank controls. Tank controls. Yeah. No, that yeah. was a remaster. That's a remaster. Was it? Yes. No, I mean, well, you, there are crimson heads like in there, but like, but it's a remake because the assets are new. A lot of mecha- they added some new mechanics. Like that was a completely a, a remaster. Sure. Yeah. I, I still consider a remaster taking a game and then going, okay, we're making it uh, 1080p now or in 4K. Yeah, like, they're just didn't do anything it's special. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it's 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 actually a fun discussion to go into, like semantically, what each semantically my ex- would be. Because it, it, like Last Last of Us, Last of Us remastered on PS4 was a because it was a PS3 shit. game. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I have incredibly high expectations when it comes to what they what they're going to call a remake versus a remaster. Right? Mm-hmm. I well, didn't notice that's, that's the difference, diff- though. I didn't notice a difference between Last of Us going from PS3 to PS4. I was pissed about it. Like so, I didn't notice a difference. <laughs> the, dif- the difference was they were able to use the new hardware, make it look a little bit better and run a little bit better hmm. than using the old PS3 hardware. Okay, that's, that's a remaster. Yeah, that's that is a remaster. Remaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a remaster. I, I do. I do agree with what you're saying about the. This is a very specific example, but about the GameCube Resident Evil. Um, the reason I was like, that's eh, more of a remaster ideologically because it's just a, a prettier version of the game while you play it primarily the same. I mean, you have to worry about, yeah, the, the crimson heads and it does add a new yeah. element. So it's technically a remake. But the, the cutscenes are completely new using new models. Yeah. Like like the environments are completely new models. They're, they're no longer still backgrounds with kind of 3d models walking on them right like that's like what the res- the ps1 version was like they had to make those assets like those mm-hmm. were completely new for the whatever system they were making it on but like um it's really a subjective thing i have a higher standard of what a remake needs to be and if sure you're, if you're still maintaining the original controls from a time period because that's really what sets it for me like i know i can tell a decade like a period of time when a game was made because of its control mechanics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, um, fucking, well, I was really shocked. I played original Assassin's Creed, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but, like, original Assassin's Creed didn't feel much different when I played it compared to Syndicate. Or, no, it was one right before Syndicate. But I, that might be a disparaging thing for them. It shows that, that over time they didn't really change much shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, or sure. you could say you could say it was ahead of its time, you know, when it came out. But like games from that time period, from 2007 and shit like that and prior, I can definitely definitively change that there was a movement in how uh, first person shooters happened and functioned, how third person functioned. It was like during that time they were transitioning and trying to get a feel on how to make like I went back and played Master Chief Collection Halo. And then I couldn't aim down sights and I went, fuck this. (laughs) Like I I couldn't aim down sights. I went, this is not a shooter. This fuck this mechanic of the time, you know, and and like people have Um, nostalgia for that, but I never, I never played it enough to have nostalgia for, for not having something so simple as aiming down sights, you know, of course, of course, I feel you. Even, Um, even though that's considered, that's considered a remake, right? 
the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, the Master Chief Collection, one hundred percent, is a remake. Yeah, but why? Would yeah, they, and like, so why wouldn't they change that one fucking thing? What, you know, why couldn't they? They're remaking the. See, I I don't necessarily say they have to maintain. They don't have to upgrade the controls. Maintaining the feel of the game is sometimes important to the game. Um, they did rebuild all the assets. They rebuilt everything and they have they a did. button in the master chief collection that lets you revert to the classic feel and graphics of the game so you can revert compare back it right yeah exactly exactly and a game that comes out this week Fuck. on playstation 5 which i'm very excited to play demon souls one of the first games i played on ps3 one of the older for, uh, from software games i know it's not their oldest one of their older older games but the beginning of the souls series that set off the genre right this is a complete remake from the ground up. Like the, the devs have discussed, talked about, they took what from software did, which is uh, blue point games took what they did for demon souls and said, we're going to put somewhat of a modern flair to it while maintaining the original, uh, you know, promise that the game holds that challenging gameplay that people love from souls games. Um, frankly, I'm excited. The game looks absolutely stunning with its new, all the new stuff that they built for it. Like, I think there's definitely a really good reason to do those for these games like Master Chief and, and uh, Demon's Souls because those servers for old Demon's Souls got shut down. Like, you can't play that game anymore in its original state. So now we get to experience kind of like a new, a new updated feel to that game. And I wonder, because that was a game I played like in 2006, I wonder if I will feel nostalgia for a game that I haven't touched since then. Like you probably will. It's going to be weird revisiting a lot of these locations that I remember, but kind of remember, like, you know, like I've been to this, it's like, I've been to this vacation home before and and now I've been here in like 20 years. So it's like, Mm -hmm. or 15 years, however long it's been, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, um, it's really exciting that, that we can get that, that these companies will do it. Maybe sometimes a little excessively, but you know, it's really cool that they get to, they let pe- they let these these uh companies re-release these games by putting all yeah. this effort into it. What's that? What's that meme where it's like something 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 nobody, and then it's like yeah the thing that they did. Who asked? Who asked for this or something? Nobody, and then yeah, then the right, thing right, right. So yeah. so the company that I had experience who in my assessment pulled one of those memes basically was um, Hanger Games, which is I think a Polish company. Hanger Games did Mafia 1 yeah. and Mafia 2 and Mafia 3. So it's like Hanger Games, you know, recreates, you know, or how would it how would the meme look? It would be like <laughs> Hanger Games, nobody, you know, Mafia 1. It would just uh, be it would just be nobody and then like nothing. It'd be blank and then like Hanger Games. Yeah. Here's fucking We're making <laughs> yeah. Mafia. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Nobody yeah. blank Hanger Games completely remade Mafia from the ground up with all new fucking world building assets in the Mm -hmm. new engine for mafia three and even recast every motherfucking voice actor. And they're all the original voice. The original voice actor set was a group of actors that were um, successful and famous during the time of Sopranos, like 1999. That game came out in 2002 on the mm-hmm. OG Xbox, the original voice actors that ended up in there were all like 
people getting side jobs from their 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 one-off line that they did on Sopranos or whatever. It's a bunch of actors that you saw in Sopranos that ended up doing the voice work for the original Mafia uh, game. Hmm, now the voice cast is a completely different set. I don't even think there's anyone that carried over. They hired all new people. All the lines are read differently. All the voice acting scenes are incredibly more dramatic than they ever were. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and keep in mind, you need to understand that I don't have any perspective of the original game. Cause all I started on was mafia two hated, hated something that happened with it. And then mafia three, I took back in like, the, you know, like fucking the next day after I bought it, but that's a whole other thing. Right. Sure. Now, now I've rebought them all as a trilogy and I'm playing through them, but like, it's impressive to me that they thought if we really want to do this remake, right, we need to recast the talent. They didn't just take the old sound bites. They fucking remade them. It's crazy. And it's, it's important though, because if they didn't do that, then the game would feel nice, like night, like 2001 again. Right. right? Like, and I noticed the, the video game acting has improved so much in 20 years. Mm-hmm. What, what's really funny is I noticed the, the mafia cast members are current, like common in mafia TV show actors who are, who are out there doing jobs. And like, you know, like the one guy I noticed, he was in, he made this stupid fucking show. Like he was called uh, Gravesend. It was on Amazon, and it's just the fucking worst. But he was doing voice. He's doing <laughs> voice work in the new movie. Like, Gravesend is the worst fucking mafia show you'll ever watch. It's on Amazon. It came out like two years ago. It was I'll be I'll be sh- I'll be sure to skip it. Please do not watch Gravesend. It's just fucking <laughs> commercial for a show you should not watch. Like like <laughs> you you could watch an episode of Gravesend, or you can watch footage of like you know Italian Americans like you know, supporting Trump. I mean, it's the same, the exact same fucking thing (laughs) or, or out there defending uh, out there, defending the, uh, uh, Christopher Columbus statues, like just watch that. And then you don't have to watch Gravesend. Yeah. I won't do Um, either of those. Oh God. It was so time well spent, but yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was, I was going to cap the conversation off. Yeah. Round it out. Is that, is that cool? Yeah. So what is this? So this, so with the news of the mass effect trilogy being remade, would you consider trying Mass Effect One again? Like, would 100%, you go back? Yeah, a thousand. I will be and, there and see how they if they change it. Uh, yes, because I I don't hate the game. It just wasn't enough. Like, it, it just didn't feel like something that I wanted to keep playing. And there's probably some other things in my life at the time that didn't lend themselves to gaming as much as I am now. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely down to experience the game uh, in their current vision of the game. You know, like I know they've I've on their official site they were saying. Um, you know, we don't want to like uh, reimagine them. We don't want to remake them. We want to give. The, we want to modernize them. We want to experience the work in its best possible form. Um, and I'm down with that now, originally that, because that, if that includes ray tracing, are you in? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, I'm already <laughs> in without that, but absolutely, dude. Because like I loved what Mass Effect did really well, which for its time was revolutionary. Which was the um, like. The the people, the connections with your characters, the the conversations, story, the voice acting, story you know, like choices, that, yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that stuff was revolutionary at the time, and uh, it's it will be again. Tell I'm uh, down to try it for the Felix, first time. Would you, would, yeah, I was gonna say, would you would you try this this game? Yeah, because I've had a lot of success experience? with complete remakes. Like I had a lot of success with Resident Evil Two, played that to completion. Resident Evil Three, played it to completion. Mafia One, completed the whole thing, every trophy. Well, remember, it probably won't be a complete remake, but it will probably feel better to play in the modern day, which, which I think is what is important to yeah, you. Which is fine. That's yeah. the only thing that's important to me. Um, yeah, at least at least if they bring the first game up to 
uh, which I never played the two or three, but like if they bring it up to the standard of what everyone says about two and three, then uh, mm-hmm. it might be easier for me to digest it. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. Because my difficulty at the time was a di- it was a digestion problem because literally I would I would start playing the game. At the time, though, I was at a different place in my life. I would start playing the game. I just remember I, I when I played this game, I was like drinking a lot still, you know, and I would come in and try and <laughs> right. play Massive Effect. I would try and play Mass Effect at like at like two thirty in the morning or one thirty in the morning after I'd been like drinking heavily out at a bar and I'd come back and there'd be these long, like, like I had the same problem with fallout new Vegas. I would, mm. I would get into a here. I'm trying to play a game where there's like all these like moments where I got to make decisions with like multiple choice questions, you know, like, and you're, you know, where you're reading character dialogue and it basically would end up being me just asleep on the couch and I'd wake up in the morning, and it would be the, the Mass Effect. Game I remember, would be on. I remember mm-hmm. distinctly the Mass Effect one theme would would anger my roommate because I tried to play it for like an extended period of time and would always fall asleep on the couch. And he'd wake up in the morning, and it, it would be just cycling through the music from now, Mass Effect one. Felix, right. let me let me let me plant this idea in your head because um, the developers of New Vegas. Uh, shit obsidian the people who made it owned by microsoft microsoft just bought bethesda owners of fallout what happens if they do a remake of that game in Um, a modern engine new vegas new vegas yeah they're still using the fucking engine for fallout 76 that they've fucking been using for years you're right but obsidian doesn't right and they're under the same umbrella as microsoft now both companies right 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 so they obsidian could remake so the game. or they might imagine a re- to do it. forget the old forget that engine what if what if obsidian goes hey we're gonna remake new vegas in a modern feat with a modern feel to it using wait. the same way that you enjoyed outer worlds what if we did the same thing in new vegas i'm definitely gonna fucking play that <laughs> That sounds exciting, right? Like Although, that's what, the, that, for, that is a potential. For the record, I still have not given, and it eats at me to the core of my soul. I I have still have not given Outer Worlds the full like reading all the dialogue. Shake. Remember, the only playthrough I did of that game is where I shot. You everybody. murdered everyone. I remember. Right. So I haven't really <laughs> get, even played that game all the way through, and like you know, caught the nuance of it. I mean, I'm hard. Sure. I ended up quitting because I tried to do that officially on the hardest difficulty, and I hated the hardest difficulty. And then I really yeah, there, you, there you go again. I really hated how they did the hardest difficulty in that game. It pissed me off to no end. Understandable, Whatever. understandable. Whatever. Well, on that note, you guys, it's a great time yeah, to wrap that's it up. About it. Uh, that is about I've, it. I've been Neo Ayoshi. Thank you for joining us on the Emergent Gamer Podcast 275. Love to have you here. Like, share, subscribe on all platforms. YouTube, we're very close to 100, so please get out there and sub. Tell your friends about it. Listen to us on all your favorite podcast services, except the ones Felix told you at the beginning of the show. Uh, You can follow me at Neo underscore Ayoshi on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Neo Ayoshi. This Friday, I am doing a big 12-hour PlayStation 5 extravaganza stream. I will be unboxing it on stream, playing Astrobot, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and much, much more, or whatever, 
on on the PS5. So please join me there. I'm looking forward to doing this. I'm very excited for that next gen console. Trip Zero. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening. As always, I am Trip Zero. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. And all my socials are the same, Trip Zero TV. It's very, very easy to find. Um, right now, we are deep, deep, deep in the Destiny 2 Beyond Light grind uh, and raid prep for the 21st, the Deepstone Crypt. Um, this week's stream schedule was very unique and very specific. A lot of day streams. Uh, going forward into the next week, the streams will be back to the regular time, which is 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, expect more Destiny, at least up and through the raid. And then at that point, we'll reassess. We'll see where we are in the game. We'll see what we want to do, kind of what we're feeling. Um, see if we want to put any more uh, single-player games back in the, into the rotation uh, until the big drop of Cyberpunk 2077 on December 19th, if it comes out. And uh, we'll be playing it then. So. Hell yeah. Come through. It's a lot of fun. Felix Hergood. Yeah, this is Felix Hergood. You can catch me, Felix Hergood, on Twitter, at Felix Hergood, all together. And then uh, Felix Hergood on Twitch, although I haven't streamed since June. So it's been a while. Um, I hope to come back to streaming at some point. I mean, my whole setup here, I think, is ready. I got a new Xbox, and, you know, I got, like, fucking... Yeah, you did. Built, yeah, built you PC. did. Yes, I did. Yes, I You're did. You're good to go, dude. Whenever. Whenever um, you're ready. Whenever you're ready, we'll be ready. Well, I still have to get shit in order with Twitch. I have to, like, reapply for onboarding for fucking mm-hmm. affiliate and, like, do all that shit. And then got to figure out, like, you know, just how I'm... You gotta figure out my platform. Sure. Well, yeah, whatever. Because it's not music based anymore and I kinda know what I'm doing. Whatever works. Whatever works for you, you know? Yeah. It's all it's it's we, a very personal we got, thing. We got some tips for you in our Emerging Gamer Discord, Shop Talk, where we discuss all things streaming and things surrounding streaming. Oh. So there's tons of other streamers in the Discord that can that you can discuss with that and yes. figure out solutions, just like you can out there listening. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done. Cool. Thank you. We'll see you next week. All right. Later, everybody. Later. Mm, why is mm-hmm. why is Marley vegan now? What the fuck? Why Marley, why are you vegan? It's yeah, it was a it was a decision. So I'm 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 dabbling into the world too. I'm not a vegan. Why, I'm still why, very much You're asking why you're asking why Marley, lover of all I'm animals, just, is vegan? <laughs> She's obsessively lovable. She loves animals. I know her as much as Trip. Well, I don't know her as much as Trip, but that, I know her that's pretty fair, well. And I re- remember any, that distinctly. Any reason for me to give Marley shit, I'll do she it. She loves animals more than any more than people. Like <laughs> environmental and animal reasons. Yeah, there it is.